Hello and welcome to the Michael Musselman Show. Today is Thursday, March 18th, and before we get into this episode, I'm going to talk about my sponsor. Recollect Limited is Arkansas's best place to shop for the nostalgic clothing you crave. They have a wide selection of vintage goods with a focus on items from the 80s and 90s. Recollect also supplies vintage Razorback gear all year long, but it sells quick. Shop the newest items on Instagram or online at recollect.ltd. Have old clothes lying around? They buy. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. to buy, sell, or trade. Located at 2218 North College Avenue in Fayetteville. Michael, two weeks ago, uh, you you we were doing this podcast from Fayetteville. Last week, we were doing it from Nashville. And this morning, uh, you're sitting in the hotel room in Indianapolis. Uh, kind of talk about... Let's start on Selection Sunday. Um, you guys went to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, got to kiss the bricks, and then uh, watch Selection Sunday. Just kind of talk about that experience and, and what it was like seeing Arkansas flash across the screen. Yeah, I mean, going through this experience, you know, as a fan and going through it as a, as a you know, a staff member in the last couple of years, it's it's definitely been a year that's been different, you know, outside of, um, our non-pandemic times, but it's it's still been fun. And and like you said, we started in Nashville um, because the NCAA's rules and regulations, we bust five hours. Um, we stopped to watch the selection show at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which is about 20 minutes away from our hotel. Uh, we, you know, the selection show is always interesting. It's, it's kind of tense and, and it's exciting all in one, all in one moment. And then you hear your name called and, and you're excited that you're in the tournament. And then you, you see who you play and, and it's another rush of excitement. And then immediately um, the laptops come open and, and you get online and you start getting to work on prep and start calling coaches in the league. And uh, you know, we got a, we got an interesting draw in Colgate and the fact that they only played um, really five teams, but really four teams this entire season. Um, they played Loyola one time, but if you take Loyola out, they really only played four teams. Um, I think they were scheduled to Boston as many as seven, seven games and played them five games. So um, it's an interesting draw. And, uh, you know, but that whole day is an exciting day, regardless of who you draw. So uh, it's, it's really a once in a lifetime experience, especially for some of our guys. There's two things about coach Ruta. I want to talk about um, the first thing is the non-conference scheduling that a lot of people, and honestly, probably including myself trashed a little bit, um, but with North Texas and a few other of our non-conference opponents that ended up winning their conference tournaments that ended up turning into a really good non-conference strength of schedule. And then the second thing was, I think I saw a tweet earlier this week that he had, he had predicted us to play Colgate. Um, and I know, I know you spent a lot of time with coach Ruta. So just talk about those two things and um, just kind of how he's impacted the team. Yeah, I mean, Ruta has been doing this a long time and he's a, He's one of, if not the best schedulers in the country. Um, he's, you know, our staff really focuses on what is the committee going to look at at the end of the year. They're going to look at how many teams did you play that are in the tournament. They're going to look at how many bad losses do you have. And then they're going to look at your quad one um, record. And fortunately for us in our league, you know, we're going to have a lot of quad one games, regardless of what our non-conference is like. And if you look at our non-conference before COVID, you know, we had games like the Tulsa game, um, like, you know, some other games that were canceled that 
were supposed to be good high, you know, quad one, quad two games that we just weren't able to play just because whether it was a team bowing out or a tournament being canceled or something like that. Um, and that's just something that was out of our control, but even taking those games out and you're seeing the North Texas, um, the Oklahoma state who ended up being extremely good um, Abilene Christian teams like this, who made it into the tournament. Um, and then, you know, we were able to beat some of them and, and like, you know, the North Texas, like beat them handedly, which they ended up kind of, you know, figuring it out as the year went along and getting better and better. Um, but for coach Rudy to be able to schedule those teams and to be able to analyze each conference and say, okay, I think this is who's going to win this conference and this is who's going to win this conference, but it's also a beatable team for us early on in the season. Um, you know, that's just something that's, that's really hard to do. And uh, not a lot of people do it um, across the country in, in terms of staff members. And then it's something that um, people who aren't really, really involved in, in diving super deep into this thing kind of don't understand, you know, they might look at it, at a team and say, why are we playing them? You know, we're, we're Arkansas, we're Arkansas Razorbacks. Why are we playing North Texas or, you know, last year, like Bryce games like that. But um, it's, there really is a, you know, there's a method to the madness and it's worked and, you know, four straight tournament appearances. That's just something you can't argue with for, for our staff. Put me in the shoes of a, of a Jalen Williams or a JD Note or anybody on the team. Um, like f these last few days as a student athlete and I mean a little bit I guess as an assistant coach too like what what kind of has been the day-to-day -day, um schedule and itinerary look like for one of these guys I mean we a lot of us probably have seen that you know that can't really do much outside the hotel but just take us through a typical day right now as as you guys lead up to the game tomorrow against Colgate yeah so I mean Really, it's, you know, like yesterday, I'll take you through our day was 845. You're, you're down in our meeting room for breakfast. Every time you leave your room, you're met at the elevator by an NCAA employee who escorts you down and escorts you back up the elevator, um, you know, after whatever, whatever segment of your day is done. So it was 845 breakfast, uh, 930 to 1130. We had practice time over in the convention center. So an NCAA um, employee walked us over across the skywalk. We, we stay inside. Our hotel is actually connected to the convention center. So we're able to walk over there without being outside. Um, the hotels and the convention center are completely shut down to the outside world. So no one's coming in or out. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. You know, you go over there for an hour and a half and um, it's just you guys over on that court. Uh, you come back, you shower for five minutes, you're escorted back down for lunch a uh, quick lunch and, and COVID testing, which you test yourself um, back to the, you know, back to the room. And then in terms of staff members, we're going to work for a few hours just because, uh, you know, we still have to get our normal duties in, in terms of recruiting and, and administrative stuff and stuff like that. And, and then the guys, they're either doing homework or hitting study hall for those few free hours that they have um, escorted back down for dinner uh, for player weights, I should say at, 5:30 back over at the convention center in a in a huge ballroom that that has you know five or six weight setups. Um, escorted back over, shower, dinner at 7:30, and then uh, you know sometimes you get back down in the meeting room and, and we'll do some more study hall and, and some more uh, schoolwork and and work for our staff and meetings and stuff like that until about nine nine thirty and then we head up back to our rooms and um, get another meal delivery and then you know it's to bed for us and getting ready for the next day if I was if I was in Indianapolis I would be a, 
a, a huge food critic and you know worrying about what, what kind of food they're getting put in my body and if it's if it's good food or not uh, what's the so far how would you rate the food on a scale of one to ten one being <laughs> horrible and ten being like a roost chris night out at the steakhouse i would say uh when we first got here it was about a 1.5 um and then you know as the as the trip has gone on, I'm gonna I'm gonna slowly bump it up to a six five six eight range. Um, the meals have gotten better, and we've been able to order outside of the hotel, which has been which has been big time. So we're bringing in some better food. No roost, Chris, for us here, but you win a few games, and you never know you might get a you might get a nice filet mignon. <laughs> We saw Coach Moss had uh, – he's kind of turned his hotel room into his own little personal workout gym, and we know he's snacking on the almonds. Um, it, it's kind of like one of those games you'd play as a kid, like what three things would you take on a deserted island with you? But what are, what are some of the things that you brought up from Fayetteville, and what are, what are, what are, your, what are your three things that you're doing to, to keep busy in your hotel room? Well, I'll tell you one thing. We all brought snacks. That was an essential thing because we knew we weren't going to be able, be able to leave our rooms and leave the hotel. So you bring all essential snacks because you can't make your normal gas station run when you want to grab some candy bars or a Gatorade. Um, I brought my uh, workout bands because sometimes you got to get a prison workout in here. Uh, you never know if you're going to, if your gym time's going to line up with, uh, you know, your sleeping or, or any of your work stuff. So you might get a 7:30 gym slot and might not be able to make it. So you might just have to hit the bands and, and do some push-ups and sit-ups and then just tons of clothes. Honestly, it's hard to do laundry in the bubble. So we're bringing extra, extra boxers, extra socks, you know, just the, the usual. It's kind of like we're camping out here. <laughs> All right. Last thing uh, we're playing the Colgate Raiders out of the Patriot league. Um, I've, I've done my own little scouting on them and noticed that they're kind of led by three seniors. Uh, they got this kid, Jordan Burns, who absolutely terrorized Tennessee in the their last tournament appearance in 2019 as a sophomore, um, put up 32 on like eight of 11 or eight of 12 shooting from the perimeter. Um, what have you seen from the mighty Colgate Raiders as, as you've done your scouting? Yeah, their coach is, you know, one of the best coaches in the league and, and one of the best coaches in the nation. So we really respect that. And like you said, um, Burns is kind of the head of the snake. Uh, you know, we've we've talked to our guys and shown a lot of film on that Tennessee game. Just anybody who's able to score 30 plus on a Tennessee team. And I mean, they're a team in our league. So and that was a good Tennessee team at that. So anyone who's able to do that, I mean, all our guys, something that they can identify with is how hard it is to score 30 in an SEC game. Um, you know, not a lot of teams do that. Not a lot of, you know, individual players and stars can do that in league or, you know, in non-conference against SEC competition. So they can respect that. And then just, you know, seeing Colgate go up against a team of SEC size, length and athleticism has been something that we've, you know, been preaching. Don't look down on the layup line because they're going to cut you to death and they're going to execute to death. And um, so being able to, to really, you know, stay disciplined, stay focused and, and try to take away Burns and Cummings. They're two, uh, they're two guards. Um, you know, they're both around six foot. So they're going to be, it's going to be a little bit different look than what we're used to, but they're extremely talented players. Um, they all, you know, I think they have four guys that shoot, you know, 38 plus from the three point line. Um, and then if you overplay them or if they see the back of your head for, you know, half a second, boom, they're back door, they're getting a layup. 
and they're shooting a high percentage at the rim. So um, trying to take away the three, but also contain them in the paint, um, trying to get some, some block shots back there with some of our more athletic guys in the paint, uh, you know, just little things like that. And then just staying down on pump fakes and, and not getting cut to death are, are going to be all keys to the game. And, and I think they'll keep the game fast because, you know, they, they are the second scoring team in the country and uh, they do play a fast pace. I think some of the, some of the shakeup we might see on their end is going to be on, on their defense. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Michael Musselman Show. Um, and before we officially get on out of here, it was a it was a pleasure doing these interviews with you. And hopefully, we have at least two more down the road. But you know, if, worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, just want to say thank you for being flexible and and for for making these work. I think we managed to do one of these at least on every day of the week outside of Saturday and Sunday. So it was a blast doing these and uh thank you for being able to carve out a little time for me. Awesome. Really appreciate it.